Powered Podcast, a gaming podcast where we battle our backlog, revealing what is worth your time, money, and energy. This is episode number 44. I am Shelby Stokes, and joining us today is my trusty co-host, Casey Cool. Hello. And our trusted Sean Spool. Julio. Casey changed it to trusted, right as you said trusted for Casey. I know. <laughs> Double trust. I know. Oh, this is where you come for the most trusted hosts of all shows. The most life. trusted of hosts. Everybody else, we you can't trust, but you are the trustworthy host of the bunch. Yes. How does it feel? Good. You know, feels like I've worked up to it after how many episodes now? Forty something. Forty four. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like that lo- that one riddle. It's I mean, like one of them is lying. A says he's lying. B says A's lying. Who's the lie? You know the you know the riddle I'm talking about. <laughs> it's in every video game. Yes. What movie was that? Lawnmower Man. Was that in Lawnmower Man? I don't know. I think they ask those oh, questions man. when you try to get into law school. I'm pretty sure. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of randomly stumbled into some LSAT pre-work the other day just because I wanted to like push my brain. And yeah, it was a whole bunch of that. Why? Why? You do that yeah. <laughs> but why? Why? Why not? Sometimes you just got to go for it. You know what I mean? You want to be a lawyer now? Are you one of those people? Do you take an IQ test like regularly? To Definitely see not. Fine power goes up or down. <laughs> Definitely not. No. Would love to take the men's IQ test just to know my number. I would love for all three of us to take it. And then, because you know there's going to be a hierarchy there. Like, well, you have this number, so I'm not going to listen. It would, it would totally, oh. It would destroy friendships. Yes, that's the goal. That's the goal, right? You know what also destroys friendships? Actually, it makes friendships video games. And sometimes destroys them, right? <laughs> a little both. A little column A, a little column B. What game would destroy friendships? Uh, Mario Party. No. Yes. <laughs> True. Yeah, also, that's fair. Also would ruin palms on the N64. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> remember they started selling gloves for him when you bought them because the kids doing that. You guys remember that? No. Yeah, they call them power gloves. <laughs> That's, I got my yeah. bowling gloves in this drawer. I got my Mario Party gloves in this drawer. I'm ready to go. Right. Yeah. My fingerless gloves in the other drawer. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Maybe League of Legends would make people quit being friends. I don't know. Yeah, if there's one friend that's not very good, and the other ones are try hard, I could see that. You know. Yeah. They could make it so they don't want to play. I remember I got kicked out of and uh, I got kicked out of playing Dead Island with our friend Chad and our other friend Bazrek because I was I I didn't enjoy. It. I'm not a big melee person, and Dead Island's most about melee. But anyways, you can troll your friends a bunch, and I kept trolling them a bunch and killing them <laughs> in different ways. Yeah. And so they stopped playing with me. They kicked me out and wouldn't <laughs> let me finish the campaign with them. So actually, I almost lost a friendship this week when I was playing Destiny because we tried to onboard one of our friends who has not played before. And let me tell you what, it was just like, no, open the quest log. Well, where's the quest log? No, open the quest <laughs> log. And then where do we need to go? Like, I don't see it. I don't know what we need to do. And no one else can see, like, the pip <laughs> on the radar. It was, uh, it was very annoying. Who were yeah. you playing with? Um, I was playing with our old buddy Marshall. And oh, and Dr. Dr. Z. Z. Yeah. That sure. was your third Marshall, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of we course. brought in Marmar. And, um, yeah, he was trying to get through the first quest of the game. And we have already done that content. So it wouldn't give us any of the pips on the map. And it was just like, no, you got to look. You know, uh, I'm like explaining systems upon systems. Yeah. Because, I mean, it turns out Destiny's been out for two or three years since launch, and it's just a whole bunch of stuff that you have to Layered. find your way through. Yeah, a lot of different layers. Yeah. Well, that yeah. makes sense. But I don't know if I mentioned it last week. I finished the first installment or the Beyond Light campaign in Destiny 2. 
You did uh, not. That's cool. Week. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of neat. Isn't that on your? That's on your list, isn't it? Is that your backlog? It's actually not on my list. Oh, I thought yeah. no. We all we all disagreed to that because he had started it. Mm-hmm. There was like there was a weird uh, yeah. thing about it. No, last week I recall your Valhalla uh, deleted twelve hours of progress. At least with the whole game. I was thinking about that. Yes. In fact, I came into this podcast last week just thinking, you know what? I'm not going to uh, mm-hmm. play the rest of this game. It's just not going to happen. And then I thought about it, and I thought about it. I was like, if I don't finish it now, I'm never going to come back to this game. So I powered through it. And that's what this show's about. Yeah, and saw credits, and that game really knows how to mess up an ending. I oh, tell you no. what. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like it? No, I didn't. I've been listening to other podcasts, so I know how it ends. I don't know. Do we want to do a spoiler warning? Do we, Sean? Or, Sean, you want to play it, don't you? Uh, yeah, I'll play it at some point. Does it go into the... Uh, I guess I'll ask the question. Does it go yeah. back... Is it bad because of what happens in the modern times? It's bad. Does it go back to that? Yes, it does. But it goes back to that with literally no lead up to the twist. Like, all of a sudden, it's oh. like, hey, this is an Assassin's oh, Creed no. game. Remember all that stuff that happened in the past? If you do, oh well. If you don't, too bad. And then, like, future <laughs> science, future science, future science. And you're just like, what just happened? Like, you took all this time to build this narrative that was well well done, intricate, complex. And then you just take immediate left turn into Assassin's Creed land. And it felt like it just was yeah. not, the table was not set for it. This is semi-spoilery, but it happens in, like, the first hour of the game. But I know it starts off with the person, the Vikings that you are inhabiting are people that were their bones or DNA from Vikings that were found in the Americas. Like they were found in North America. So it's like the idea I, from what I understand. And I would right. guess the story kind of like is how do they end up? Why were they there? How do they end up there? So I'm guessing it has to do a bit with that part of the story. Let's just say that comment reminded me that that happened. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't really wrap mm. back to that at all. Oh. Like now that you <laughs> okay. said it, it fits into the narrative, wow, I guess, okay. but you kind of have to do some headcanon to get there. Um, yeah. But if it's something they show you in the first hour or whatever, and then they don't reference <laughs> it for a hundred hours and then they're like, Oh, remember? Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. And I also am not completely caught up on the Assassin's Creed lore. So them like taking us right back to full on Assassin's Creed was right. a little overwhelming. My understanding though, they tie in the North, mythology norse mythology really well <laughs> to it with some of the people who are supposed to be certain representatives in the norse mythos yes yes but that is not fully explained or i don't think it was explained well enough okay like i had to have dr z uh, explain to me what had <laughs> not happened hesitant. and the only reason he knew is because okay. he got on forums and like oh. researched it so maybe someone more intelligent than me would have put it all together but i kind of walked out of there like what the heck just happened? Because in all the in all the previous Assassin's Creeds and in Odyssey, the DLC has a lot of you dealing with in the modern time dealing with Minerva, which mm-hmm. is AKA Athena. Um, but she's one of the Inu or whatever the the like super edgy like aliens, basically the alien race that you deal with throughout all the Assassin's Creeds. Um, I just assumed that the Norse gods were were like other names or other versions of like minerva jupiter i think and juno which are like they show up so like because these these alien races are all like they also appeared as angels in the earlier like assassin's creeds and then they became they were also greek gods and and um 
so they i'm just assuming that they kind of like are that you know carryover of those who i don't know if that's true or not but that's just what i figured they would be it's more of them manipulating certain cultures yeah there's there's a lot there and there's some pretty good nods to previous installments in the ac franchise um but again i had to have that red that red line like connected to the pictures for me like i didn't intuit it in terms of getting out i was just like what just happened it's, so I, I enjoyed it, but the the turn for the Assassin's Creed was kind of like, where did that come from? And then yeah. after that turning point, you're near the end, and there's a little bit more in Animus content, but it doesn't seem like it climaxes right. It seems like it pitters out there. Ah, uh, the that sucks. Never good when you have a bad climax. Never a good thing. I was always in... I was always... <laughs> I was always in the minority of like I enjoyed the lore and the because I've always liked mythology and history in general, so I always enjoyed that stuff with them. When they killed Desmond off in like what is their Black Flag or whatever it was, I was kind of sad because his story was interesting of how he had like their blood in him and that's why versus just like loading up some random person's DNA like it is now. Um, but yeah, so I always found the modern stuff interesting but i think that it, the franchise kind of suffers from what it sounds like of being what 10 15 years old mm-hmm. in that i had the benefit of i just decided one day to do like a marathon for like a year marathon long marathon to go play through every assassin's creed game so it was still pretty fresh and like oh that plays off that that like you know actually builds where if you've been playing them as they come out, there's no way you're going to remember like what happened in Assassin's Creed Unity in 2012 or whatever, you know, like in the especially in the modern era cuz they stopped focusing on as, as much. And so it's such a minor thing that you're like, okay, whatever and yeah, it's so. Yeah. And and the places they go are interesting in terms of the overall Assassin's Creed universe. Like after I've processed that, it's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. I see what they're trying to do there. Mm-hmm. It just felt like it wasn't earned. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I wish they would have sprinkled some of that content throughout the experience rather than like hitting it in the beginning real quick and then getting to the end and going and like tripling down on it. It just felt a little shoehorned in, I guess. It's energy. How would you put that? Because our big thing is our energy, your time, and money. Okay, so the amount of energy you have to put in the game, the jumpstart, is it fair, do you think? Is that a, a deterrent at all? I So, so is the follow-up question like time and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, and then the value. And then money, yeah. right? So so yeah. I, yeah. I see time as this game is a long game. It's an experience. I mean, I clocked in at like 80 hours, I want to say. You can beat it if you mainline it. I found the really good pieces of content are off the beaten path. Um, when okay. I lost that save mm-hmm. because of my frustrations of losing that much progress, I started just mainlining and I found that I wasn't enjoying the experience as much. So I think oh. the side content that's built into that is some of the best content in the game in terms of my opinion. I, I enjoyed it more than the story at times. What is the average time to beat this game? Do you, Sean? I can tell you how long to beat says 53 hours for the main story or 86 for main plus extra. So main, you were like on target for main plus extra. Did you, was it worth that amount of time? I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I don't know that I would put it on like a must play okay. list, right? I don't know if I would say, hey, you have to play this. Um, I would say that if you are okay. even remotely interested in the Assassin's Creed franchise and what they've been pushing out, this game will not disappoint. Um, I think they push the aspects of that game forward in a lot of smart ways. 
I know that this character arc, the main character arc, is a slower burn than other recent um, entries in this in this uh, franchise. The price point. So it's a AAA title, currently $60. Is it worth the squeeze, the juice worth the squeeze there, or should people hold off? Yeah, so, so actually, in terms of my review, I suggest waiting for this game to get patched. Um, we have had three individuals that are affiliated with our little establishment here, and each of them have had technical issues, two of which tried to get into it and bounced off immediately because yep. they saw some of the negative consequences right out of the gate. I didn't see that out of the mm-hmm. gate, and later I lost 10 to 12 hours. Now, whether that's an AC issue or whether that's a new Xbox system issue is up for debate. Because I think part of the issue was the Xbox system failure, not necessarily the game. But essentially, when you put that game into suspend mode or you suspend that session, it wasn't tracking the content that I was playing, right? So whether it's the game not hitting the system or the system not receiving the save, I'm not entirely sure. But long story short, I would wait on buying this game. And we all know that AC games go on sale because there's a glut of them. They come out with one every you know, 12 to 24 months, depending on the cycle they're on at that time. So I would suggest waiting on this one. It's a ton of content. So when you get into this game, I would almost yeah. suggest playing it in in fits and starts, not necessarily sitting down and saying, this is a game that I am going to beat on my list. I think this game is more enjoyable in installments rather than powering through in long play sessions. Like do it like chapters almost or something like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what is the ideal price point? Like it, what would you recommend saying, hey, for a busy person and it's a lot of money, what's a safe investment? I mean, the, the thing is there's so much content and it's so well done that I think $60 works. Like like I do. I think you are going to get the bang for your buck for $60. Based on where we're at and where this is going, you're going to be able to get it cheaper and it's going to be a better bang for your buck as that price okay. continues to fall. So you would range it anywhere from 45 to 60 even? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in our system, we have buy it, try it, table it, skip it. Where do you place this? I would say buy it. Um, Just because it's a game that you can pick at and enjoy, and it doesn't take a ton of investment in your time or resources in one sitting, you can kind of space it out. So it seemed like it was a playground that I wanted to jump into and kind of poke at for multiple hours at a time and just kind of get lost in that world and then come out of it and not necessarily power all the way through it. Do you know, do they, oh, I was going to say, do they have, they've got to have a season's pass and like DLC planned for Mm -hmm. it. It looks like additional content. They have the legend of, the legend of Beowulf, Wrath of the Druids, and then another one that looks kind of spoilery, so I won't say it. I think Beowulf is a pack-in though on one of the systems because I think that content's only like 24 minutes or something. Yeah, 24 minutes, that's what it says. Is that what it says? Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at it the other day. That's why I know that. But I can tell that the way that they're building these Assassin's Creed games are to be an ongoing product, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. they had a winter um, festival where you could go in and participate in Yuletide is what it was. And you can tell that they are basically going to work this in as a season pass or an ongoing game. So, and more power to them. There's a ton of content there. I think it's good content. I just wish it was less buggy. Yeah. I'm t- my, my, what I've been saying, what they should do with the Assassin's Creed franchise for a while is build a hub, hub game. Kind of, they, I mean, they can make the game kind of destined, but like there's a hub. So you have like the foundation. So it'd be Valhalla or Odyssey or something like that. But 
in the modern era, like it could even start with like modern era, but then you can buy DLC packs that take you to the, whether it's Japan or, you know, native Americans or Aztecs would be cool, you know, someday or like, you know, so you have like, cause they don't need to keep increase or like making the, um, engine better and better. Like at least for quite a few years, I feel like it's at a good place that they could just, you know, build games off of this and, and stuff as, so that's what I've been saying. Like, that's what they need to do, because then you just buy the DLC and you're like, oh, I want to play kind of like they do with um, Hitman now. It's where like you mm-hmm. buy kind of like those chapters that you are interested in. You're like, I don't really care about, you know, Greek stuff, so but I do care about Viking stuff. So I'm going to buy the Viking, you know, pack or DLC, you know, chain or whatever. It might it'd probably be a little harder to um, link the modern era stuff but it also might kind of motivate them to focus on it and make it more interesting because if they kind of sprinkle that amongst all of them people are gonna be more inclined to want to get like the other dlc stuff but that's me i've and been then, hoping for that for a long time like it just would make more sense than them releasing yeah. a new whole game every you know couple of years yeah and, and i know we need to move on but one more thing I'd, I'd like to add is that i have always been a guy that's enjoyed history right and discovery like history class was always one of my favorite subjects in school and i was surprised to realize how much of the character development and different inner working politics are actually true oh. in terms of the history of that area and the vikings invading europe so that's another reason i was like okay i i could get into this like it's kind of made for my interests which mm-hmm. i enjoyed yeah that's but cool. enough about Valhalla. I mean, go play it. You know if you like an Assassin's Creed game at this point or not. Um, right. They're pushing this forward in a lot of different smart ways. Um, if you don't feel like you need a new Assassin's Creed game right now, I'd say wait. Because it's going to be just as good, if not better, in the months to come. So, in terms of other games, Casey, what have you been playing? Well, I played a lot of games. I told you the Monster Hunter demo. Try to get a crew together for that. My friend is into it, but some of the it, the learning curve is hard, so it can be frustrating for that. But we had a cool. They're letting you play the demo multiplayer online, so we had, we got a group together Friday, too. Uh, now, as far as games beaten, I beat a couple games this week. Not one, Ooh. a couple. One of them was not in my backlog. One of them is when I was playing the One Piece Warriors. I beat the story. Oh, womp womp. Just because. Yeah, <laughs> no. It's okay. You gotta play other games, not just backlog. I know, games. I know, I got it right. Uh, then the other thing I beat, I beat the first Ace Attorney, so I've got two more to go. And again, I'll hold on that. I'm giving updates, but but the one game I did beat is Luigi's Mansion Three. Very nice. And that's the one you were playing with your son. I was playing that with my son, and that game has a lot of charm to it. I like how they set it up. So it, we talked about how it's not a mansion; it's a luxury hotel, right? it's a lie is what there's 17 floors and each floor is a theme like there's a workout room there's a disco room and there's a ghost boss that hits that theme i've talked about the controls the controls are really frustrating and this game is meant for kids right ideally it's for kids that are 10 or younger my son is five and there'd be times where he'd become really frustrated and he'd want to quit and I was, mm-hmm. like, trying to be really supportive with it. Guiji's nice in that he could never die, but he'd still get frustrated because the game wouldn't respond the way he wanted to. Maybe if he was a little older, he'd be able to to regulate that a little more, right? He wasn't having fits or anything like that, but it was still frustrating for him. But it, it for me, when a game doesn't feel right, it can really take you out of the experience. 
You know, it's just sure. when you're moving and you, you know that if this isn't going right because of the game, not because of your what your machine, your if it's not the controller, if it's on how the game is made. Like the final boss, there's just some definite like shenanigans with certain things, bom- getting bombed the whole time. Um, and they pulled a lot from the 3DS game. Gooigi is from the 3DS game. And there's this whole sequence with Luigi, and Luigi has a ghost dog. I don't even know if I've talked about this ghost dog, Polterpup. No. Right. So Polterpup, I want more of that. I want more of that story. I think there's something there <laughs> you with the, guy, the dog. But so the, the thing that's really cool is at each floor, you're trying to earn a button to go to the next floor. And midway through the progress, this is one of the things I hated about the game. There's this dumb cat ghost, and he has nine tails for his nine lives. He takes the button that you just earned after a huge boss battle, you have to chase him all around through the floor you were just on. Then you have to go down a floor and chase him there, right? So it's like a 30, 40 minute sequence of you and chasing this is every for time. No, this happens twice in the game, gotcha. right? And after the first time, I was like, okay, maybe he's gone. He runs away. And you're like, eh, I hope I don't see him again. So when you get to the 14th <laughs> floor, right, you're just like near the end. Of course, he comes back. And it's like, God, why are you doing this to me? I don't want to backtrack. I'm so close to the end. Casey's not a cat person. Except I have a cat, but okay. And it, <laughs> I, it was, but it just seeing that cat's face, I was like, no, no, right? And, they, and that's what they, and I think that's what they wanted to do intentionally. They wanted you to hate the cat, which you do. Uh, the other thing about the game, if you play it in solo, you're having to manage Gooigi and yourself at many times. And if you're Gooigi, really? Luigi has to stand still. So you have to position him and I, enjoyed beating it with my son and i enjoyed mm-hmm. playing it with my son it was really fun it was a good experience in that but otherwise i didn't really care for the game nintendo bought them really yeah it just the broken controllers and nintendo bought them because they're so close like i i see the potential right it is almost there but there's just some little nuances that aren't right you know like the storytelling the graphics the design great but the gameplay needs to be improved upon. It needs to be fine-tuned, in my eyes. And it, for the price point, so I'll go for this. For my time, it's like a 12, 15-hour game. That's great. It didn't take a lot of time. It was really great to play with my son. But if I'm playing by myself, I don't know. I think I would have skipped it. Uh, there is a multiplayer aspect that I haven't touched yet called the Skyscraper, where you're chasing and fighting each other. It was a mini-game on Nintendo Land back in the day on Wii U for the 20 people that played that. That being said, so the energy and the time is very short, but the price point is $49. And I think this game would be great at 30 or 25 I could recommend it at that, but till it's there, I, I, my advice is to table it. There's other good games up there to play. Is that solo or is that co-op or both? If it was solo, I would definitely say play something else. If it's co-op, I, I, I would argue table it to try it. I think if you could rent it, I do that, but if you have other games mm-hmm. you want to play, I would say maybe look into those. It's good. It's just it's not compared to some of the games I played in the last year and how tight the controls are. I can't, in good conscience, like recommend it with a full hearted like, yeah, go try it. I could see why. But it's if you have a bad kid, bad conscience. If yeah, bad conscience. <laughs> and if you had, if it would leave, I feel guilty. If you have a young kid though, and you want to play a game and beat a game with them and you think they're ready for it it's a great experience for that and it was nice couch co-oping so with that being said Shelby and i both have a game beaten how many games do you have on your backlog pick because i know i'm at nine i'm at eight 
right? I mean, I think that I still have one to choose, and then also there is, and then you get to choose one. Oh, you do have one to choose. Yeah, because you you threw one on last week, and I did not. Right, I threw on the Bowser, the Mario 3D World. So I would like to lay out my last three choices for the backlog challenge for this year. Okay. Okay, let's do it. All right. So one, I've been going to this well for a while. Katana Zero, Samurai Sword Fighting one. Just throwing it out there to see if someone's gonna feed me that fish. The other one is a Metroidvania. It's the one that brought Metroidvanias back, Axiom Verge. And then the final one, because my son wants to play it, Sonic Forces. <laughs> Not because you want to play it. We all know. I kind of want to make. It. Okay, I do want to make my own character. I will, I love a good character creator, so I won't. I will have no qualms with that. For my Sonic fanfic. That one's been fighting. You put it on the... You yeah. It, you gave it the choice to us. You put it on the uh, the poll. And now you've chosen it. I could have chosen it myself. Oh, but it's my son that wants it. Sure oh, no. it is. If I was going to choose a third one, I had I had a couple other games. I have a bunch of other games in the backlog. But that's like, yeah, let me play it. Best one could go. No, I look forward to you suffering through Sonic Forces. No, I'm sure it'll be... I don't really know anything it'll about okay. it. I'm sure it'll be fine. Sonic forces now do you already own this game mm-hmm. i own all these games these are all in my backlog they're in my library oh, wow okay all right got it uh i mean i of that list the one that i'm most interested in is axiom verge um that has been a game that's been on my like maybe i'll try it sometime somewhere uh for me mm. what about you sean what are you thinking I say Sonic Forces. Oh, we're split. Oh, no. <laughs> Just because I know Casey secretly wants it. I mean, of course. I won't, make, I won't lie. I would love that. I would love to play either of these games. I don't know enough. Of, I don't know enough. Of, what kind of game is Axiom Verge? I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't know anything It's one it. of the, like, it came out, I want to say, in 2016, but it's a Metroidvania. It's the one that brought Metroidvanias back, like, into prevalence, where people started talking about it. Um, and they have Axiom Verge 2 coming out soon. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. I see that. Yeah. Axiom Verge released in 2015. How long is Sonic Forces? I think it's like nine hours. So, Axiom Verge is about 12, 13-ish hours. Sonic Forces is four to six hours. Perfect. <laughs> what? Four to six hours? Nailed it. Are you kidding? If you do the, Sonic, if you do the episode Shadow DLC, it's 25 minutes. <laughs> So I'm leaning towards Axiom Verge. Yeah, right. Unless your your son has to beat this and you can't touch the controller. Oh, that's <laughs> not me playing it, dude. But I'll let my son play Katana it. Katana Zero is also four to six hours. Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Axiom Verge it is. All, All right, right, cool. I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad. I'll just watch uh, the speedruns. Katana Zero does look cool. Though. Yeah. What does? Katana like Zero, oh yeah, yeah, wise. it does look red. All those games look red. Sonic Forces, it's Sonic the Hedgehog, and you can make your own character. Come on. Wait, but Sonic I... Forces Completionist is 24 and a half hours, though. <laughs> He's not going to complete it. What is Completionist? Completionist run? I don't know, but I think it's <laughs> Okay, I'll sleep on that one. We'll, we'll make some decisions. How is it four times longer than Main Plus Extra? For completionist, probably have to, like play it through five different times with five different characters. The achievements must be really annoying to get. So that is my review, and I will be playing Axiom Verge. I think we need to move into the news. The big three news. Um, yes, the big three news stories are now upon us. Um, the first one of which is Celeste, the sequel 
on web browser. Now, if you played Celeste, and I did, I'm a big fan of Celeste, released in 2018. Never did. It's um, good. It, there is like a little terminal in Celeste, and it's basically a very simplified version of the game. Well, turns out that team just released a sequel in that same style. So in Celeste, there's a Pico 8 system, and you get to play that game. And my understanding is that was the early design of Celeste, and it was made at one of those uh, programming jam things that people do where they go for a weekend and make a game. Yeah, exactly right. And then there's an entire game in Celeste that you can actually play through, and it's a really difficult piece to get through. And um, I just sat there and like beat my head against it until I achieved it and felt really good about it. So this is another game in that style, but it's web browser only. Which is an interesting move. It says Celeste 2 can be downloaded on Windows, Mac, Linux, Raspberry Pi for free from it. There we go. Wait, I can play it on my Mac? Oh, man. This is what it says, Casey. You can add one one more game to your 10 yes. game, <laughs> game list. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I, I like Celeste, but I... I, it's not something I would play again. And this one, this one's cool. I like the little pixel style. Yeah, it's infuriating. It's it's a very difficult it. game, but it's kind of neat that they just released it for free without trying to charge anybody. But give me a real Celeste. Give me that real, real. Yeah, give me give me Celeste 2.0. The whole game's an allegory for her anxiety, right? Like that's what it's about, mm -hmm. or depression. Depression. Yeah, both. I guess it never goes away, right? She's always battling that, and the mountain represents that. I don't know. Maybe they do a different allegory. Celeste to relapse. <laughs> okay, sure. We could go. We could get real dark. <laughs> Schizophrenia. Mm, there you go. There you go. You do anxiety, and it's like going downhill in the spiral. You're trying to climb your way out of it. Yeah. So if the game devs are listening to this, call us for ideas. We got them. They're here. We're ready to go. <laughs> but we have all. We know all the mental disorders. I mean, th these are good ideas. I mean, this would be oh. a great thing for someone uh... to bet on. I like making bets. You do like making bets? And I wish I made some bets on Wall Street. I give that an eight. That was solid. Solid. <laughs> so if you haven't heard, GameStop is worth money now. Did you guys know that? The what? thing we always make fun of is now worth a lot of money. Does that mean they're going to open a bunch of stores up nearby again? No. <laughs> Why? So what's happening is Wall Street companies have been hedging their bets on it and trying to short sell it correct that's the term so short selling for anyone that doesn't know is usually it's like you know normal investing in stocks you want the price to go up because then your value of your stocks goes up um so if you buy a stock for one dollar if it goes up to two dollars you've gained another dollar off of your dollar where short selling is usually the opposite you want it to go down you want it to fail so I don't know the exact mechanics of how that works, but basically they're betting that it will go down and there's tr like trading on that side of it. But for, from what I understand, um, uh, was it wall street bets or whatever the Reddit community is? They basically, I have been, they identified GameStop stock as very heavily shorted. Yes. So it was a group. It was Citron research in a gentleman named Antron left from Citron research. Uh, he comes along, and he's a short seller, so that's his job. That's what he does, and he just comes, and he's trying to short sell GameStop. So the there's a group on Reddit of a bunch of degenerate gamblers, basically, but they gamble on Wall Street, and it's called Wall Street Bets. And them and then I, the day traders, they all see this like, I remember GameStop. Hey, let's mess with these short sellers. So it's the internet versus Wall Street in this really weird convoluted way the mm -hmm. internet 
the, all these neck beards, the Robin Hood day traders, and the Wall Street bros that like are degenerate gamble on Wall Street bets all decide to go in on it, right? What this does, it makes the short sellers have to buy more of the stock, right, to keep the short sell and raises the price. Cut to, there was a gentleman in August who made a move to buy $50,000 worth of GameStop stock, right? I don't know if you guys have seen this story. Mm -hmm. He has now turned that fifty thousand into fifteen million. As long as he sells it before it goes back down. I think I think <laughs> he's fine either way at this point. Because if it goes down to a hundred and he sells that, he's still a millionaire. What a move! He probably has a stop loss set. I just love that the internet has come together to fight Wall Street because our politicians won't, and we need more of this. This is this is like a internet Robin Hood. They're fighting for the the downtrodden, giving back to the, the people. Yeah, it's it's definitely come up from. You know, I do, I've done a little bit of trading and stuff in the past. One of our friends does a lot and he was, we were talking about it last night and it's a cool story and it's very, it's a fun wild ride. If you like go in on it, you know, if you even bought it at $80 and then it went up to 140, you would have made a mm -hmm. bunch of money uh, as long as you got out. So like he, I think bought it at like 60 or 70, like quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And then it went up to 140, but you know, you get greedy. And so you're like, it's going to keep going. I don't want to get out when it's going to go up to 200. So he ended up losing, <laughs> he ended up losing money at least as, as of yesterday. Um, so it's such a volatile stock. If you don't get out when it's on top and it goes back down, uh, you can definitely lose big as well. As long as you're not like never trade more than what you're willing to lose. Basically, at least especially in short term mm -hmm. stock. If it's a long-term like investment thing, then obviously that's usually safer. But. Don't openly trash GameStop on the <laughs> internet if you're a short seller either. Apparently, is the mythos like no one needs GameStop anymore, right? Yeah. We talked about this too. If GameStop is going to exist, it has to be a type of arcade, a hangout, or a place where people could maybe I've heard like having kiosks and like they have a Apple geek type person that tells you how to build your PC. That's great. My suggestion was certain GameStops, because they, they they oversaturated the market, made too many uh, stores. Certain GameStops be, called, be labeled as retro stores, and that's where they move their retro products that they bought online and sell them physically if they need to, right? You have a couple of those. And then game rentals. How much stock Casey, do you have? Do you, are you invested in GameStop? How much stock do you have in GameStop? I did work there. <laughs> but I, I, that, that didn't ask the question. I have zero. I don't. I don't play that game. I'm not. I'm not. I, I let my dad do my investing, and we can talk about that off air. I just think if there was, if I were to invest in the business model, that would help it. They also thought the dude from Chewy was going to be some savior for it, right? If you remember the guy from Chewy, and I, this was a. I had a co-worker ask me about it today because he knows I play video games. And he brought up the Chewy thing. I go, that Chewy guy is also, I believe, making the Atari Hotel. So I'd be careful if that's who you're going to. <laughs> going to anyone that's like over the age of 40 to try and revitalize your gaming uh, fran like franchise is, I feel like, kind of a fool. Hey, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm not saying you need to put like an 18 or a 20 We're almost 40, dude. Well, check you, check yourself. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like we're not in touch with like Fortnite or a lot of things that kids and things. Uh, that what are you talking up. about? I'm on the pulse. <laughs> Casey Dab, you can't say Casey Dab. <laughs> so offended. But like in general, someone that's like that either has like even if you had teenage kids or something like that or whatever demographic you're going after, you're not going to be unless you're like one of the kids. You're not going to really know how to make even if you play video games your whole life. You're not going to know how to like make it relevant like your gaming stores and stuff to kids these days you know who is relevant though who's relevant 
Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart is always relevant. <laughs> Kevin Hart's very relevant. Okay, okay, that was. I'm like giving that. that a three out of ten. Ooh, see, I, I'm going to give that a little bit more, but it had Kevin Hart, so I have to dock five points. So, but it's part of the story. If you what had you tied, Ke- no, if you had tied Kevin Hart to video games or something, he like is GameStop. tied to video games and GameStop because people used to buy Borderlands at GameStop. Yeah. So GameStop's number one franchise is Jumanji. Oh, I True. In the enter the game or whatever the new one was. Enter the game. Enter the whatever the second one. That movie's not bad. It wasn't bad. It's not bad. Lead us into our last story, Sean. I give that. I thought that was at least a six, but whatever. Go ahead, Sean. I I, would have rated it high, but it has Kevin Hart in it, so I. You know, I didn't know you were a Kevin Hart Uh, fan. Which I thought he was canceled, but (laughs) just canceled him as a person. Like you are canceled. (laughs) They Thanos snapped. Yeah. But what they've done is they've announced that he and Kate Blanchett from Lord of the Rings and a bunch of other movies fame are going to be starring in the new Borderlands movie, which is based off the first Borderlands, um, which I never beat. I, I love two and I played the hell out of two and I even like three, um, but I never finished one. So I'm not super familiar with it. But anyways, Kevin Hart is going to be playing Roland who was the... I forget what he was. He was the soldier. Was he the soldier? Is that the class? I don't remember what class Roland was, but Roland was in Borderlands yeah, 1 and yeah. 2. Spoiler. He, I think he dies in 2, if I remember right. <gasps> um, and then Kate Blanchett's going to play Lilith, which I'm actually like more excited for, because Lilith is a powerful, strong fire witch, in a way, yeah. siren, and she is awesome. She's in all the Borderlands, I believe. Um, but yeah, so that's... Some great news. The I don't think they've announced who Brick is going to be, which Brick is kind of like the comedic relief. Roland is usually like more of the straight kind of like soldier military type. But Kevin Hart plays that a lot. Like any movie. So the first movie he did with The Rock, Central Intelligence, he's not the comedic relief. The Rock is. That's the yeah, thing. Well, I only know Jumanji Enter the Game. Casey. So I play the game well so so do you think that's why kevin hart got this role is because like hey he did well in jumanji so why not he did well in that Maybe he did it... well in sexual intelligence he's done well in kids stand-up comedy he's like a kevin hart sells dude yeah m- m- oh, mad yeah, props yeah. to kevin hart like he has been a stand-up for many years he's done well he sells out stadiums like he is very good at what he does and he it's not for everybody i get that too right but i i i enjoy his movies like night school i thought was funny It'll but be... there it's mm-hmm. it's not like gonna win an oscar you know <laughs> you don't know this could be the first video game movie to win well, oscars god what if this movie's amazing hopefully borderlands but wins an oscar what's the 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 owner of the company of borderlands that everyone hates that tried to do the up close magic when his game wasn't running and he is super toxic like there's all the stuff about child pornography in him. Is it Tim? You know what I'm talking about. Like, everyone hates him. I do know who you're talking about. Him and the guy who did Claptrap, clap, the guy who did the voice of Claptrap, like, came out and said the way he yeah. treated employees was horrible and basically, like, exposed him or worked right. I want to know if that guy, what's his name? Uh, Randy Pitchford. That's it. And he oh, he Randy sucks. Pitchford. And I wonder if he's involved with the movie because then it's going to suck. Uh, it's being directed by Eli Roth, so it's going to be interesting. Whoa, that's a weird pick. It's going to be a fun okay. time. And then the guy, it's being written based on, or it's a script based on by Craig Mazin, who wrote like Chernobyl. So this is a weird okay. combination because Eli is usually like over the top, kind of like 
sci-fi fantasy kind of stuff. Horror. He's a horror background, yes. I wonder if it'll be rated R. It'd be interesting to see because the games are mature. It should be. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, imagine. It, that's pretty be. crude humor. I would imagine they're mature. Yeah. Yeah. Or if not teen, if if anything teen. But they have to bring yeah. back Chris Hardwick, I hope, because he play he voiced one of the main guys in the Telltale series in Borderlands. Yeah. He'd be a good Claptrap. Yeah, he played another character. I forget the guy's name. But uh, yeah, Claptrap's great. I mean, he got a little overused later in the franchise. Like, at first it was like kind of cute, and then they kind of overdid it, I felt like. They made him a character in 2, Did they? I think, that you could play. Yeah. It was either 2 or the pre-sequel. It sounds like something pre-sequally, but you definitely could play him in one of the games. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. As like a DLC yeah. character. Maybe they should hire Jack Black as the guy with the hawk. <laughs> just to kind of stay. I, it'd be funny if he was... Uh, who, why just? Yeah, why don't you just get the whole cast from Jumanji and yes. then put them in a borderline? Boom. True. Done. You just combine it. Boom. Hedge your bet. And then they can use the same subtitle. It'll just be yeah. like Jumanji getting the game. Borderlands, get in the game. <laughs> Jumanji, Borderlands. Oh, okay. Borderlands. Jumanji 3, Borderlands, get in the game. Well, I think that moves us to our final segment. <laughs> and we haven't done one of these in a while, and they're one of my favorites because we've been listening to Giant Bomb's Game of the Year, and I love their debates. So I like to have a monthly debate with my friends on the hot list. Hot list. It's getting hot in here. And it comes from this weekend after watching Conor McGregor lose in a spectacular fashion. Yeah, round two, right? That was quick. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, those late Take kicks, that, man. Ireland. So all of Ireland. The thing was, I brought a bunch of food and snacks, a bunch of different chips, right? And there was a little bit of preference for everybody. And I think chips are interesting because you can tell a lot by what a person likes about chips. You can tell a lot about their personality. So I want you guys to tell me. We're gonna make a list of. Uh, we can do our top five, and we're each gonna present three types of chips. Okay. So you can tell me yours. Let's go three to one. What is your number? Can I say, can chips and salsa be one? It, it, give me a particular tortilla brand. I will be okay with tortilla chips, but you have to tell me the right brand. There's certain, sub- there's an answer. Can right. I submit your brand? I'm here to suggest <laughs> sure. Juanitas. That's the only answer. Juanitas, Juanitas is, is correct. That is the number. That is, is that the one that's kind of oily? No, yeah. they're the one, uh, they're kind of, they're darker gold. They have the red and green bag. Like they look like they're oily. Like they're not, but they, they're, they're good. They're, they're, they're a tortilla chip. They're perfect. They have the right crunch. I, I will go first for number three. Okay. Then my number three chip is kettle chips, the salt and black pepper mm, with the crisp cut. Good choice. See, I can good only choice. eat so many. I like, I like a crinkle cut. I love them too, but I can only eat so many before I start to like not feel good. It's like too much salt. I don't know what it is because the same with salt and vinegar chips, but the, it like hits oh, me yeah. different than salt and vinegar chips. Salt and vinegar chips will like hurt your tongue before your stomach. Here's my hidden factor for chips. If you're eating a sandwich, one of my favorite things to do is take your chips and put them inside the sandwich. So you crunch them in and you get a crunch with the bite with the sandwich. And those crinkle cut chips have the greatest texture. To, and they add to a sandwich and it makes it chef's kiss. So speaking of chips on sandwiches, my third submission, or however you want to phrase it, is putting jalapeno chips on a sandwich. We're talking Tim's Cascade. Cascade. That's a solid. Okay, I'm going to write these down. Hold on. Uh, Sean, what's your third? Uh, I did, I would do like kettle barbecue, any barbecue chips. Ooh, okay. Because there's a couple, there's like backyard barbecue and there's like Korean barbecue. I think we're both in agreement kettle is just as a brand. Kettle chips brand is a good. Oh, are we just going brands now? We're not going to exact chips? You give, give me exactly. You say barbecue then? Fine. Uh, I'm going to say dill pickle chips. 
for number two. Wait, wait, are you talking about pickle chips? Are you sure. are you putting pickle chips on this? Like, what do you mean? Like, just pickles? <laughs> are you putting chips that are flavored yeah. as pickled, or are you just talking about pickles that are in the chip shape? No, chips that are flavored, pickles. It's a Canadian, it's more of a Canadian thing. I've had them. They're not bad. I like that, like dill. And then there's ketchup chips. That's... Ketchup chips are like a sad barbecue chip. Yeah, that's not, that's, that's a good <laughs> way to put it. My number two is a simple chip, but it's not what a lot of people consider a chip. It's a Funyun. <laughs> Does that count? It's not chip shape, but I would consider a Funyun a chip. Really? Funyuns no. is in your top three? I wouldn't. Easy number two. Dude, have you... No one ever is angry when they see a Funyun. They go, oh, Funyuns, right on. No one is ever disappointed with Funyuns. Ever. If I gave you a bag of Funyuns, you'd eat it, and you'd eat it with a smile on your face. I feel like I could go like three Funyuns and then be like, okay, I need to take a break. I feel that way about pork rinds. I think pork rinds are like that, where you're like, I'm like, eh, one's good. So I would say my number two are chips that I am not allowed to buy, and if I uh, see them at a party, I have to stay away from them. Those are sour cream and onion layers. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Never no. was a fan. Never. No. See, I do like the sour cream and cheddar uh, ruffles, too. They've always been too strong, mm. like too fake cheesy mm. well you're not gonna like my number one submission with fake cheese because it's cheetos hands down number one with a bullet no doritos doritos are good but i'm a cheeto At guy the conor mcgregor fight casey was all about eating 3d doritos i bought a bag of 3d uh flaming hot ranch doritos and i really like the shape of them i said i was trying to say i really like the texture of these and i said i really like the taste of the 3d came out wrong but they remind me of bugles you remember bugles and i the best part obviously was putting them on your fingers and putting them in the claws bugles speaking of bugles oh, bugles yeah. are my number one if I, that's a chip those weird shapes that's things a chip chips. bugles are number one okay that's that's a good choice is it yeah are bugles so. a chip yeah for bugles sure. a chip yeah and google funyuns is a chip if funyuns are a chip i will take it off they count as chips. Well, I was holding out to put Doritos on my number one. Or, uh, no, 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 Cheetos as my number one spot. Well, I think Doritos needs to be in the conversation <laughs> as well. Oh, no, Doritos are, no, they're overrated for sure. Dude, a Cool Ranch Dorito? <laughs> I can't eat any Doritos, so I can't argue. Mm, oh, really? Them. Are they all, I didn't know they're not vegan. Okay. They've all got milk powder on them. Mm. Not cheese. Not what you would think they would have. No milk powder. I think Doritos are a little bit overrated. I'm not going to lie. They make great Taco Bell tacos. That's what <laughs> I'm going to say. That When I see those Doritos, I'm like, yeah, okay. Have you guys, have, have you guys ever had Takis? Kids love those. They're okay. They're overrated. They're really hot. Taki sticks. Um, no, and you know the thing about Doritos? They can always jab you in the roof of your mouth. And for me, that is the de deterrent. That's what the 3D ones did not do. Those chips can jab you. No, Doritos are extra spiky. Like, they like they cut the roof of your mouth. when they <laughs> If they kill us up in there, it's like getting speared. It's not a pleasurable True, experience. That is, not, that is a negative point to Doritos. Bad mouth feel. So I'm also, I, I am right now getting inspiration from the internet. And um, I got to say, Hawaiian sweet onions. Solid, chips. solid. Put it down. They're pretty high on my list. You guys in the onions. The purple bag purple bag hawaiian sweet onion oh no you know what we didn't put in we we talked about it. it's easy i think we all agreed that the Juanitas uh tortilla chip was the one we all put in okay what should we get rid of what doesn't hang sour cream and onion lace get rid of funyuns funyuns are great <laughs> i would be pro funyun yeah i'll sacrifice the dill pickle chips we're, we're getting some horse trading going okay. on 
I, 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 I can get rid of sour cream and onion lays. I don't feel like I'm going to get support here in this category. If you had picked a crinkle chip versus a lays. I'm going to filibuster all sour cream. I do not like how chips. thin lays are. And they're, they're too, like, uh, standard lays, okay. Barbecue lays, okay. But lays would never be one of my top brand choices. Oh, of really? Because, I mean, the way that they're just light and you just bite right through them. Like, yeah. Oh, you like that? Yeah. I'd rather have a Tim. I want a light chip like that. Tim Cascades all day. See, I would say that those are more thick cut than Lay's. You're right. They're the thicker. They, they like yeah. snap. Yeah, you get some. You get some good snap Tri- off some Tim's. Triple baked. I need. That's what I. That's what I look for in a chip. I want that. I think Tim's is a kettle brand. They use the ket. They use the kettles. Yeah, I, I would bet you're right. They're from Washington, right? That's where they always have that little. I was gonna say they're a local brand. I think most some people might not know. If you don't go buy them, they're worth it. Tim's sponsor us. I will so, eat one every episode. <laughs> I think Juanitos is a lot. Yeah, I do too. In yes. terms of top five, Set, chips and salsa is my number one chip so- choice, just in general. And it's and it's healthy. And Juanitos there's are vegetables in it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. True. True. Exactly. That's why I tell my mom. Are you eating vegetables? Yeah, I had chips and salsas today. <laughs> salsa today. Chips are potatoes. Okay, I will cut kettle salt and pepper. Because I do agree that I'm not a crazy barbecue chip guy, but the kettle barbecue chips are very good. True. And I think barbecue chips have to be a lock for chip connoisseurs because most people do like a barbecue chip. And they're great on tons of sandwiches. I could be down with that. I haven't eaten a lot of kettle barbecue chips. Oh, again, if it's a texture thing, if you like a lighter chip, I can see why you like legs, but the crunch on those ones. Did you say legs instead of lays? Lays. 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 I love barbecued legs, personally. <laughs> you mean like drumsticks? Yes, they're delicious. Uh, I would say bugles should be locked in because of the fun that they also provide along with Ooh. eating them. Fun for all ages. You can put them on your fingers and they're sold at yeah. every gas station. So This is true. And you know what? They have a, other, they have a lot of different flavors. I want to... Yeah. Yeah. They're sweet and salty caramel bugles. Yes, that's what it is. And they are good. That sounds bad. It sounds I'm bad. So Listen, your statement of that chip. Shelby, if <laughs> your face did If change. you could get that in a thing of banana milk, you're gonna be happy. Okay. There's churro flavored bugles. That I'm on with. Well that would actually be the one with the banana milk. The banana with the churro. That'd be really good. I think we got Bugles, fine. Yeah. Cheetos has to be on this list. I will fight someone. We will record for three hours if it does not leave, if it's not here. How do you feel about the knockoff brand Cheetos, like the Cheesy Poofs and the other... Air, the che- what are they, cheese balls? Like the ones that come in the big plastic container? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The Planters ones. Planters makes a good yeah. Cheesy Poof that you used to buy. I do like a Cheesy Poof. Wait, are we talking about the $2 bag with the... With cheddar Cheeto on the front of it? No, he's talking like the plastic barrel the, bin where they're ball-shaped cheese puffs. Yeah. And they're yeah. I was asking about those. I, I don't have a pantry big enough to store that, so I've never bought it. <laughs> I'm bold in Cheetos. we got to cut some stuff. We're down to Tim's, Cascade, Jalapeno, Funyuns, and Hawaiian. I do love me a Funyun, but I don't think between those other two, I don't know how the crowd feels. I could see it going. I enjoy Tim's jalapeno chips with something else. If I'm just going straight Tim's jalapeno, it's too much. Too much heat. i got to get out of the kitchen. Those sweet Hawaiian onions are good all the time, too. I would agree. I would also recommend that if you get yourself a bag of Tim's jalapeno, put that on a tuna fish sandwich. You will never regret it. Yas, queen. Yas. That's so good. 
Yeah, dude. For sure. <laughs> Sean, how do you feel? Which one, which, we gotta make some cuts here. What's staying at number five? I got chips and salsa and bugles on there. I'm, I'm happy. I would say Hawaiian. Is the lock. Because mm-hmm. then you got a good spread. You got your Cheetos, you got your bugles. Juanitas. Yeah, you got barbecue. Yeah, you know, and the and barbecues can be kind of spicy. And you know what? Here's the thing about Cheetos. There's spicy Cheetos. There's jalapeno Cheetos. The jalapeno Cheetos are there delicious. There's all sorts of Cheetos. Um, if you're talking about texture earlier, show them Cheetos. Cheeto, like, there's a white cheddar Cheeto puff that my daughter loves. Pretty solid. Um, now we just got to place these guys. So I think the argument's clear. Chips and salsa is always great. I think Juanitas is number one. Agreed. Juanitas changed the game. And Juanitas has some like different flavor ones <laughs> where they're like sweet chili and um, chili peño. They've got chili peño and jalapeño. And then they had a sweet. They had a sweet one. Wow, yeah. I didn't even know they had different flavors. Mm-hmm. They're gluten free too for the gluten gluten man. So Juanitas hasn't been placed. Um, I think Cheetos is number two. <laughs> You're biased. It should be number one, but I can see I can see the argument for tortilla chips at number one. I get it; they're they're universal. Cheetos, though, stand alone. They're good with something on the side, and no one is mad. I go back to the funny argument. It's even stronger with Cheetos. I, I feel like Cheetos is definitely number two, um, and the variety of Cheetos, like good on you, like flaming hot Cheetos, whole new generation. I'll I'll let Cheetos go too if Bugles go three. I think Bugles is a four. To be honest with <laughs> you. Really? You wish. Bugles are good. Bugles bring fun. Bugles are for all ages. True. But I think number three... If my parents put Bugles versus Cheetos in my lunch bag, I think I'd be more excited when I was... You know, I've never been like, bro, I need some Bugles right now. Right. Right. (laughs) But I think barbecue chips. I think barbecue chips has to be number three. But when you see them at the store, you know, the grocery... At the, like, gas station, you're like, "Mm, maybe I should... You know, Bugles are always good me when i was young i bought some of these like 10 days ago and mowed on like the whole bag like i hid them from my kids that's how good they were i will buy some bugles because of this conversation that's in my mind now but something that's always at every party is barbecue chips people always buy barbecue chips i think barbecue chips is number three because it's a classic that i won't let cheetos go too so is this list juanitas cheetos barbecue bugles hawaiian i think i think hawaiian's at five it's gotta be i think we don't agree there Sweet Maui Hawaiian chips are at five. Yes. So now the debate is... I say barbecue above Cheetos. Barbecue above Cheetos? You're saying barbecue at number two? Yes. But they're Cheetos. I can't eat them. That sounds like a you problem, not a me problem, bro. Think about... I'm just saying, if you're not going to let Bugles be number three, I'm not going to let Cheetos be number two. Okay, listen to to this argument. (laughs) Cheetos are like the Disney of the chip game, okay? They came out with the original Crunchy, and then boom, here comes Puffs. And then (laughs) they bring out the Flamin' Hot. Whoa, kids. Wait, were Puffs not original? I think it's a good question. Were they? I would think Puffs would have been the original Cheetos, right? When we were kids, we didn't have Crunchy This is an easy conversation. The first Cheeto production was Crunchy Cheetos, invented in 1948 in San Antonio, Texas. Wait, when did the Cheeto okay, puff come out? Now, now, now it's on. Now I need to. Now I got to know. Uh, 1971. <laughs> I feel all I really had as a kid was the puff ones. More. Than and then the... baked Cheetos came out in 2004. There you go. There's your Cheeto fact. <laughs> Welcome to Cheeto talk. Crazy talk. <laughs> I will concede. I will move barbecue chips to four. 
for bugles because I I did I do love the salted caramel bugles and they are fun, and I want some bugles after this conversation. <laughs> I I would be happy. I'd let Cheetos go too if bugles go free. So Shelby, are you okay with that list? I think I can walk away with that list at Bugles. I'm okay with that. Uh, I can I can rock and roll some Bugles. <laughs> okay. Anytime I go into a gas station, so okay. it's like, oh, do I get the Bugles? Do I not get the Bugles? So our list, I guess I'll read it off. Go for it. Uh, five is Hawaiian onion chips. Four is barbecue kettle brand <laughs> chips. Number three is Bugles. Number two is Cheetos. And number one is Juanita's <laughs> tortilla chips. And that's it. It has been said. The best chips. I think that takes us to the end of our show that is correct thank you for listening to our show this week we appreciate you being here with us if you want more feel free to follow us on our social channels that is in the description that is attached also our website is underpoweredmedia.com feel free to drop us a line in discord if you'd like to reach us there and of course leave us a review on whatever podcatcher you are using five stars please that is a wrap for the week we are out play games (laughs) they can't see you dab (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.